welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, your go-to cloud podcast from Amadis Technologies. This is Sindhupriya, Marketing and Alliances Executive from Amadis. Cloud Tech Talks bring cloud veterans to discuss the recent cloud industry challenges and killer strategies to conquer them at ease. With that said, we brought you today another cloud prodigy, Mr. Govardhana Miriela Khanaya, also known as Govardhan MK an independent cloud consultant with 16 plus years of professional experience in cloud engineering, DevOps, and technical consulting. I should say Govardhan is an aspiring influencer on LinkedIn with 16K plus followers, and his unique posts on cloud never fail to inspire cloud enthusiasts like me and many other cloud professionals across the world. People are literally flooding towards him. So welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, Govardhan. Pleasure to be here. And uh, it was a, it was an awesome intro. I also was unbelievable. Am I doing that good? <laughs> really? Undoubtedly you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, Govardhan. Welcome to Cloud Tech Talks again. Let's dive into the topic of the day, Kubernetes co- cost optimization. So sure. uh, Govardhan, before getting into the direct topic, um, for our listeners who might be new to Kubernetes, could you briefly explain what Kubernetes is and why it's mm-hmm. crucial for businesses? Sure. Uh, to answer that, let let us assume that you know people are available uh, with the knowledge that you know at least containers side. You know, starting with containers would be a different topic altogether. I assume that whoever actually listened into this podcast know about containers. In short, containers nothing but uh, capsulizing your application to smaller chunks so that it can be easily uh, deployable across different environments. That's what containers use in layman terms. Coming to Kubernetes, Kubernetes is an open source container orchestration platform, originally developed by Google. Now it has been maintained by CNCF. What it does is it helps you orchestrate your containers, which helps for uh, easier deployments, easier to scale, and easier to manage. Why I'm speaking like that is, Imagine that, you know, upscale of Google or Amazon, they have, you know, millions of containers running uh, behind the scenes. So it would be really, really difficult if you run it as a standalone. Kubernetes is one of such tools which will ease your management management of the containers. So that's about that's All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Govardhan. So how did you become interested in Kubernetes and cost optimization for that matter? Okay. It's about curiosity, uh, also the domain knowledge okay. I have given. I started as a mm-hmm. build and release engineer and I've slowly progressed into CICD and DevOps. So containerization is a natural transition for me. And more than that, I see that it is a game changer and it was started years back. Though it was there years back, it picked up only lately. So I started working with Kubernetes as, as uh, about you know, four to five years now. So the unique proposition Kubernetes brings in is I saw clients who is really struggling to keep up their performance against the business. So what I mean to say is they have a striving business or strike down a business which is going upscale, but they couldn't be able to match the infrastructure to deliver that high value. That's where I found a unique proposition where with Kubernetes we can able to use that and able to be able to build distributed systems across you know different parts of the world with worker nodes or whatever it is. So that's where I slowly transition into Kubernetes, and I see you know, it's a really challenging environment, very complex, but still it's highly rewarding. Absolutely, that's captivating, Govardhan. So could you share some of your experience working with Kubernetes in different environments? 
Sure, it's it's a long long story. I will make it short because I started as a consultant in Singapore, where I worked with uh, multiple fintech startups and to the Fortune 500 companies, predominantly in the retail side, banking side. So multiple use cases. I'll pick up some of it. One is actual implementation of key vendors. As, as, as they have uh, monolithic applications or they aspire to make it as a microservices architecture where they can able to easily you know, encapsulate and deploy to a distributed kind of a network or distributed kind of a load where they need a Kubernetes kind of an architecture. So that's where my use case started with, which is like plain implementation of Kubernetes, which is like uh, the typical one, which I say that, you know, uh, converting a banking application like you know terminals t24 it's a core banking application uh, i okay. think probably that was the that was the first someone has heard that we can able to containerize that because it is easy to containerize a java application or node.js application but core banking application it takes a lot of stuff to do it so it was, it was not easy it was not easy but it took uh to be precise uh, i did it for bank of singapore where actually we we convert a Temenos tab G application into a container, which itself is in unheard of in any market at the point of time. So then, then that is one kind of implementation, like you know, moving a legacy system or moving a different system into a containerized form. And orchestration comes next, obviously, as the extension of it. If you deep dive into use case, it, it itself takes hard. So I'll go to the next kind of an implementation, which is kind of an uh, for a retail. Uh, uh, retail client, which is Singtel, like we have Airtel in India or uh, somewhere the telecommunications, their okay. peak, sales time, peak sales time is in Christmas or Independence Day or Chinese New Year. So the thing is, we just need to understand how our load is actually coping up with uh, ongoing sales or coming up sales. So the use case here is, you know, load testing and performance tuning. So we voluntarily want to check, you know, how good the infrastructure is, how good the Kubernetes is able to uh, cater the demand that is going to be anticipated in uh, you know, a few weeks or months. So that's where uh, my use case uh, is putting up a uh, lot of load on the existing system. So understand the performance bottlenecks and see you know, what is the resource utilization is, where the spikes is anticipated so that we can cater a plan around it, mitigate it, and give a better smooth experience to the users. At the end of the day, it's a business, right? No one bothers about the behavior. So that's one use case, very use, curious use case where I pulled up. And uh, to that extension, like, you know, making a CI CD part for Kubernetes and enabling canary deployment. It's like you are releasing only small portion of your application into your selected users and test it and see how it has been reacting. And then if all good, we cater that to the 100% of the users. So that, that okay. automation really helps to uh, do kind of an... Uh, node downtime deployments or A-B testing in that case to actually find, you know, how, how an audience actually react to the application. So that's another use case which I've been in that. Off late, I, I worked at disaster recovery as well, but I'll pick up uh, one and close this uh, question. Multi-cloud environment uh, deployments. That's that's the curious use case I've been working for the last few months because people are really, really, you know, especially business are really furious about vendor lock-in. Once once they have a mm. cloud provider, it's, it's a kind of a pain that you know they, they are not getting the flexibility out of it. So of they choose to build multi-cloud systems and Kubernetes also they are following in that strategy. So I help uh, 
multiple clients, building up multi-cloud <coughs> Kubernetes environment where we deploy the multi-cloud environments with uh, whatever the cloud providers they choose for, so that we remove that uh, limitation of vendor lock-in and get the better prices for the optimization and uh, use different features, which is really uh, meets the business objectives. So I can talk go on. I can I can go on, but I'll I'll stop with these four use cases. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, Govardhan. I think all our unique business use cases, really banking, retail, mm -hmm. multi-cloud. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to hear everything. Maybe we should plan for <laughs> another episode to do that. So um, as a Kubernetes expert, Govardhan, so what do you find most exciting about helping organizations reduce their costs? I could see the enthusiasm on your face while you were narrating. So I know you enabled lot of your clients to realize even 20 percentage cost savings by introducing AKS. So what's motivating mm -hmm. you? No, it's not about EKS or GKE. The thing is, uh, just think about uh, people perspective at the end of the day, you know, the consumer, the business runner, or enabler, everyone is as an individual, right? The of more course. cost you save, the more uh, reduction in the wastage you do, what happens is that dollars will end up in uh, another fantastic application where we are going to use it or the business going to invest in somewhere else where uh, they solve real world issues there are a lot of real world issues right we have we are fighting with covid or we are fighting with a lot of traffic where that where that actually ends up is this small change may not change everything but the dollars i'm going to save for a month for a business they can invest in some other product which actually eases the life of full of uh, four human being you know it's it's a philosophical side of it, but I'm adding technology to it. So that's where actually I my proposition is when I talk about uh, cloud cloud reduction uh, without giving a trade off of performance. Because most people, you know, they will be really aggressive on one side, whether it is a security. As I as I speak with different uh, uh, vendors or different businesses, their approach is different. When I talk with business, they talk about security. When you talk with startup startups, they talk about only cost reduction. When you talk about retail, right. they talk about only availability. Right? Like imagine yeah. Amazon, you know, uh, losing of uh, Amazon website for an hour is losing of tons of business. So, True. but my 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 proposition is we should have well balanced architecture which talks about cost optimization, performance, availability. On top of it, your business objective to be served in a secure manner. So coming back to your question, I took a drift because I just need to give a background, you know, so that we, we talk about the context properly. So what actually motivates to, you know, look for cost cutting in Kubernetes to be precise is when you when you able to use a system as is, it is no good. You can't claim yourself as a consultant, right? You should use in a better optimized way. That's where, you know, I, I saw cases where uh, business presume that, you know, as we are scaling, our business is scaling, infrastructure also need to scale. That is really fantastic and good. But at what proposition? If business is growing at 20%, your infrastructure is going at 80%, it doesn't actually go well. Right? Oh, so it, yeah. it, should, it should match, it should match the objective, it should match the infrastructure you spend, it should match the people you spend. So I look for I drill down and look for deep dive into the system and see that you know actually this performance bottleneck is. Believe me, 80% of it is not with Kubernetes, it is 80% is how you are using Kubernetes, how actually you are packaging it and how you actually maintain your images and deploying it, how it has been pulled for releases and how it has been monitored and logged. So Kubernetes is just a part, how we actually operating it actually decides you know, what cost to pay around the Kubernetes. 
yeah, makes sense, Govardhan. So business cases is not the same for every enterprise, right? So it differs. It's not about the adoption. It's about how you use it also. That matters a lot. Great. Yes. You brought that brilliantly together. So yeah. let's dig deep, Govardhan. Yeah. Where do you think the organizations are draining their Kubernetes investments? Okay. They are, they are doing it multiple ways. Like I'll, I'll talk realistically a use case which I just discussed two days back with one of the CEOs. I okay. was talking with a CEO, a CEO from Runman. The live use case was he spent uh, a few months back, he spent 12,000 US dollars for GKE, which is a Kubernetes cluster. And he okay. spent 40,000 US dollars for monitoring and logging. He paid 12,000 for Kubernetes, 40,000 for monitoring and logging Kubernetes. It doesn't match anywhere, but it is crazy, but it's happened. It is happening with the systems. So where actually these businesses are missing out, where actually they're looking out at, when they plan, they plan, you know, fully Kubernetes. What it takes to build a Kubernetes cluster, how I transform my business into a containerized uh, environment, how I get benefit from Kubernetes. That's where the scope is, most of them decide. But where, where these surfaces is coming on is, there are a lot of integrations involved when you are working with Kubernetes. There are a lot of licenses involved. There are a lot of add-ons involved. Okay, on top of it, how your application code has been, uh, you know, it's been written. It is an uh, written in 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 a mind that you know it will be go well with cloud native principles like microservices, scalability, or working independently. Otherwise, it's going to create a lot of uh, what you say performance leaks, like you know memory leaks at any point of time your image, how you're using your image and how it is getting built as you scale tops up, right? So coming to the baseline of it, when your focus is narrow on the Kubernetes, that's where people or businesses getting wrong. There are multiple integrations involved in it and also involved. In it. So as you grow, this is also going to create a problem in your environment. So you should you should have a system where where while you start, you build Cloud native, cloud native theory, like you know, you build microservices, you build as much as stateless applications, you build optimized performance uh, in the code level, and also you build monitoring, you know, at the early stages, including the security. Also, you bring in a performance baseline, like you know, at any point of time, I will not breach this baseline. My cluster is to run at this certain parameters with the certain metrics. I'm not going to trade off anything for performance. Out of that, how I'm going to actually leverage Kubernetes for my business objective. I think if these baselines and these uh, mindset has been set while you are uh, starting a business or existing business, I think uh, business can get the benefit of, of Kubernetes. I think uh, predominantly most of them are missing in this space. They're fantastic technicians. I can say they're fantastic architects, but this planning part actually business need to look into. So the planning plays a major role here, right? Before you start your Kubernetes adoption, yeah. you should be able to understand your goals and map it along with this uh, practice so that you start right. When you start right, half of the problem is solved. So great. Yes. So in one or, shot, we can put just keep what you say. When you start, keep the end in your mind. Where you need to go, then probably you know uh, things will fall in place. Absolutely, yeah. So when you say that for organizations who are about to begin their Kubernetes cost optimization, we were discussing about that. So yes, apart yes. from planning, 
uh, where do you think they miss the common pitfalls and uh, the common mistakes they do while uh, they are trying to optimize their Kubernetes investment? So, uh, what what is your take on that, and how do you think you, uh, they can tackle that? Your advice yeah. on that? Yeah, actually, we discussed fifty percent of it, like you know, doing the performance yeah. based, you know, and uh, making of it. And the thing is. Uh, when they start itself, you know, uh, they have, you know, they do either over aggressive provisioning or they do under projection, right? They have a business projection. Let's say, you know, I'm building an application and I see uh, 1 million traffic and so and so on. So they're okay. really, really ambitious about their adventure. It is really good. While prototyping itself, you are putting up a cluster or aiming for 1 million customers, you're going to burn your dollars, right? Other side of it, right, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not sure whether this is going to hit or not. So what I do is I'll provision only for, like a blog, I'll provision only for 10,000 visitors per month. Even though it has been it has been racked up, you will, you will not find, uh, you know, it should be in a really, really, you know, difficult situation to come up, come up with a load that has been there. So what the thing is, you should, no one can get your positions right, right? We just anticipate that, you know, this is the business I do. This is where my business is. If it is an existing business, like you know, finance, banking, they want to move it. They have a project projection. You know, they have the baseline. But if you are not, then your basement has to be very centric. You should understand the industry. You should understand, you know, the similar products uh, that has been running on. What is the load of it? First of all, you know, start with Agni. Agni means we ain't going to need it. Kubernetes is buzz, right? Uh, people are uh, actually jumping into it just for sake of it. Ninety percent, okay. you don't need it at all. Right. If it is a simple application, uh, which which has you know doesn't have an ability or which it doesn't require you know a, uh, what doesn't require that kind of a deployments and distributed uh, environment or uh, you don't need to scale that space for the sake of okay. it you don't start with Kubernetes at all you just can create a containerized uh, application and run it on a virtual machine or run it on a machine which is which is easier you can you can even build on it. So slowly, you, if you have the projections, based on the projection you build, and uh, as the first three months or whatever the initial time period, you constantly set up a monitoring system, have your resource limits, and have your resource quota for the cluster with proper namespacing so that you know each namespace will have their own fair distribution across all the environments. And once you have that fair distribution, you should have set up your resource limits. And you should have a proper monitoring system. You can leverage Prometheus or Grafana, and if you are uh, to get more insights on it, and based on that load, you actually step up. You know, you can you can scale based on it. While doing itself, uh, Kubernetes provides its own uh, horizontal uh, uh, HPA, which we call it as an horizontal auto pod auto scaler, which will based on the metrics are data driven. You know, it's going to scale. It will take care of it. They're going to a scale of node scaler, use you know cluster auto scaler kind of stuff. It's like you know from 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 baby stuff when you start walking, after crawling, when you start running, then you can look for you know aggressively you know uh, building up the nodes, aggressively building up the clusters that's going to serve your traffic across it. So this this resource limiting and mapping that resources to the insights and insights map to the projection of your business. That, that would be the ideal way, you know, for that, uh, you know, you, you don't burn out much. And for that, you need an expertise to build, you know, uh, to look into these aspects. Yeah. Great, Govardhan. Yeah, you are, you are absolutely right. Like, uh, don't start running immediately. Mm -hmm. So take baby yeah. steps of 
right before that you should have a proper plan in hand then take baby steps uh, stay within your limits map it with monitor it continuously uh, get all those insights map it with your goal and then go ahead then start yep. running so yeah absolutely that's a uh, ideal phase as you said great so go ahead then this is interesting and i'm not leaving with leaving you with just these i still have a few more listed but in the next episode uh, so listeners thanks for listening so far uh, let's catch up in the next episode and continue this if you have any topic suggestions or seeking expert advice on any cloud challenges drop a mail to info at the rate of amdisglobal.com and don't forget to subscribe cloud tech talks for recent episode notifications till then enjoy your cloud journey thank you